Barker flies as Powell goes left side to the 10, to the 5, touchdown! Let's check the flag. That penalty was flying. Result of the play is a touchdown. And the New York Jets snap their four-game losing streak, win number four of the year, and hand the San Francisco 49ers a 12th straight loss. It's time to talk 49ers football on Gold Faithful with Brian Peacock and Nick Winkler. All right, thanks for joining us once again on Gold Faithful. I'm Brian Peacock, my co-host, Nick Winkler. You can find him on Twitter at Bay Area Wink. You can find me on Twitter at BD Peacock. As always, we're on iTunes. Subscribe, review the show. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, everywhere you can find podcasts. If you want to shoot us a line at goldfaithful 49 at gmail.com. Nick, I can only imagine uh, you feel a little bit something like this. It's Christmas! It's Christmas! Why do we suck? Please tell me! Why? Oh my God! We lost to the Jets! <laughs> and they lost in such epic fashion too. Unbelievable! I mean, as, I'm, as I'm watching that game, I'm like, they're gonna find a way to lose this game. I just know it. I told my wife that, and she's like, no way. They're winning by so much. Aren't the Jets bad? I'm like, yeah, the Jets are bad, but just wait, just wait. And then they scored a touchdown. I'm like, look, boo, look what's happening here. Yeah. And then they scored again. I was like, oh baby, check it out. Watch this. This kicks to go into overtime. Watch, they're gonna hit it. Oh, there it is. All right. It was amazing. That was astonishing. It was almost impressive, the collapse, yeah. implosion, tank job, if you're a conspiracy theorist. To be honest, I think that is your signature game for 2016 San Francisco 49ers. That was the one right there. Yeah, it had everything. It had you know a first-half explosion of like, yeah, this is the team. Here we go. And then a second half just, oh, let's get super conservative. We got this thing in the bag. Uh, no, you don't. You collapse. You got... You know, backup running back running through the defense yet again. You had Bethea just getting run all over, which is I feel like that's been happening all season. You got a fourth and one or fourth and two in overtime. You get a super predictable handoff to hide right up the middle. I mean, it's you're right. That was that was kind of the if you want to look at it, one game for the 2016 season that just kind of sums it up, puts it all in a nice bag for you. That was it right there. That's the one. I'm going to remember years from now, and we'll go back and say, hey, you remember that 2016 team with Chip Kelly? Remember that guy? Oh, yeah, whatever happened to him? And, uh, <laughs> no, I'm sure he'll be, if not with the 49ers, he'll be coaching in college somewhere and probably winning. But, uh, by the way, that fan had some major pipes. Like, after yeah. after a full game of probably cheering and screaming and uh, groaning uh, to, be, to have those kind of pipes still after the end of the game. So props to him. And, oh, yeah, and, of course, coming on later on the show – very excited to have our favorite guest, Matt Barrows, 49ers beat writer for the Sack B. So we'll be able to bounce some questions off of him uh, concerning Chip Kelly and, and Trent Baalke and, and the 49ers front office and a lot of crazy rumors that are going on uh, around the league right now. One major story going on this week in the NFC West before we uh, finish talking about that 49ers game and the ultimate collapse against the Jets is Jeff Fisher no more. It's amazing that he was still around. I mean, and the fact that he has the most losses in the history of coaching. And I guess the Rams are like, all right, uh, he, he tied the record, right? right? He didn't break it. Yes. The Rams are like, okay, not on our watch, dude. Yeah. We're not breaking that thing here. They did him a favor. They're like, hey, you know what? We don't want you to have this record alone. So we're going to fire you now before this is just solely your record. 
I mean, what an unbelievable career record for that guy. And he just keeps finding jobs and he keeps holding on to his jobs. In an NFL today where if you don't win now, you're bounced. It's unbelievable that this guy's been around for so, so long. And, you know, I'll be completely honest with you. This, this seemed like a legitimate firing. Like this, <laughs> this is like, okay, good, good. I mean, you know, I don't understand that doing it, you know, with what, three games left. And yeah, I guess you probably hit the head, you know the nail right on the head there with the, okay, we're, we're going to keep you from, from being all alone in the, as the biggest <laughs> loser in, in NFL history. Um, but I mean, the rant, the Rams stink, you know, and you say that and yet the 49ers are looking up at them in right. the NFC. West. They are. That's unbelievable. And they still have to play each other this season. So uh, we'll see how that goes. I think the biggest thing with the, with the Rams is that they were embarrassed in this game against the Falcons who the 49ers have up next, coincidentally, um, yeah, in Atlanta, and they the, the Falcons went to L.A. and just destroyed them and ran up the score a little bit, and I think it was an embarrassment at home. You know, you're back in L.A. and to lose in fashion like that, and I think, and he just signed an extension, which was sort of like the fake, hey, we're behind this guy right. extension, and then obviously, like, yeah, nope. Which which goes to tell you because you, you, we hear rumors about coaches and GMs and who's on the hot seat, who's not, and they always come out and say, you know, no way, we're not going to fire this guy. But not only can you not believe that, you can't even believe when they give you an extension that they're going to keep you around more than one more week if you are if you're embarrassing your fan base and your ownership that bad. Oh, in this multi-billion dollar industry, a couple million dollars to throw to a head coach to make him go away is nothing. For, for these guys and to go back to the embarrassment, I mean, Todd Gurley calling everybody out too. I mean, talking about, yeah, okay. Guys are, guys are phoning it in, you know, guys are, guys aren't playing hard. Guys are just coming out and collecting checks and you, know, you kind of feel like you're getting a little bit of that too with the 49ers and, and the scariest part about that game, which really leads you, it could be 90 to nothing this weekend because Atlanta was on the road uh, on grass. They didn't have their best player in Julio Jones and the 49ers have to go to Atlanta and, and play and Julio Jones will probably be back. And uh, Devontae Freeman did nothing in that game. And it was still such a ridiculous blowout. I mean, this weekend it's, it, it might be fun to watch just to kind of see like, Oh wow, that's what an awesome offense looks like. We haven't seen that in so long. Oh man. Seen it for one drive here, one drive there <laughs> yeah, at the beginning yeah. of football games and in Consistent week one an offense, I guess. But here's my question. Okay, so we're talking about the 49ers. And, oh, actually, you know what? One more thing. One rumor we should talk about, if we're still on the Rams here, was the Jim Harbaugh rumor. Did you see this one? I did. Brought upon by our by our enemies or something? Yeah, he said, quote, <laughs> uh, lies made up by our enemies about Jim Harbaugh possibly taking the Rams head coaching job. Oh, my God, I miss Jim Harbaugh so much. Did you see Eric Branch's tweet? Uh, Jim Harbaugh's record, 44-19-1 with the 49ers yes. since... Then the yeah, 49ers, 6-23. and 23. They'd have to win 47 straight games to beat that winning percentage. It's a 695 career winning percentage yeah. Jim, had Har- Jim Harbaugh had with the 49ers from 2011 to 2014. 49ers would have to win 47 straight <laughs> to have a better win percentage since he left. That's crazy. Oh, Jed York, you damn fool. And th- that's the other rumor going on so there's a ton of stuff out i mean when you when you're losing games people are going to be talking and now there's talk that dr john york might pull the reins back uh, john and denise might pull the reins back on jed and possibly bring somebody over the top of him and pull him off of the football operations side of things and have a team president come in and mike shanahan was the name that was brought up yeah i mean 
you know, when when you're going through a season like this after the season you had last year, that sounds like the greatest possible news that you could hear as a 49er fan because he's done nothing but drive this team into the ground. You know, he, he, yeah, they, they started to do good. And then as soon as they started to do good, they got a new stadium. Nah, get out of here. The, the, the guy who probably did most of it, the head coach who resurrected this this once proud franchise that was dead for so long. Okay, it wasn't you. We can do it without you. Get out of here. <laughs> and now 1 in 12, 12 straight losses. Going to break all kinds of bad franchise records this year. Mike Shanahan, yeah, he's old. You know, he, he's been run out of a lot of places, but it can't be worse than Jed York. No, and that was the bigger news because uh, Jason Lock and Fora came out with some of these rumors about talking about how a Chip's job might be safe depending on who they bring in at GM, but uh, Balky's probably gone. And then he had a, a follow-up to add context to the early report, and it said uh, Jed wouldn't be involved in football operations if this sort of a, a thing went down. And that's the story. I mean, that's not the context. That's the entire story right there. If, if Jed is taken off of this and they bring somebody else in to be team president— and if you're talking about a team president sort of a role for a guy like Mike Shanahan, I like that. I like that yeah. idea. I don't want Mike Shanahan to come in and be a GM, which is something he's never done. And I don't want him to come in and be a head coach at his age and with his recent track record. You talk about Jeff Fisher living off the past. You know, Mike Shanahan would be doing the same thing. But someone who has ties to the 49ers, who obviously knows football, knows people around the league, to be the guy who's making the call on who the GM is, and, you know, consulting, almost like a role that Brian Sabian has now with the San Francisco Giants, right? Um, someone who's at the top of the structure but not day-to-day making all the calls. He's not calling plays. He's not coaching the team. He's not actually even the GM, but he's at the top, and he's overseeing those people. I would be all for that 100%, especially if that man that Jed York is not the guy who's doing that. Yeah, I mean, at this point, anyone. Bring in anyone that's not Jed York because he is is taking this franchise in the wrong direction. There are no signs of recovery there's no signs of him riding the ship in any way and you said it mike shanahan's been around the block he's been in this league for a damn long time he knows a lot of people and if nothing else he could probably attract uh, other personnel to to work in in the front office to you know other coaches that would want to come around and you know, hear these horror stories about jed york and how he's this man child and now it, it, it's it's basically making the 49ers a laughing stock i mean I heard a lot of rumors, too, that during free agency that, that the 49ers did pursue people, but that they didn't want to come to the 49ers. It's like, no, 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 I don't want to go there. That, that you know, It's like quicksand over there, and I don't want to get lost and this yes. and that. And Mike Shanahan, it, it seems like the perfect fit for the 49ers at this point. And not only that, you talk about coaches. He doesn't have to go far from his family tree. Kyle Shanahan is going to be one of the hottest names, and we're going to see him this weekend. He's the offensive coordinator for the Falcons, and he's led – numerous high-scoring offenses in the NFL, and he's going to be a hot name for head coaching jobs. And I did see a report that, you know, a Shanahan might not be a package deal necessarily if Mike Shanahan came in that his son Kyle Shanahan would come in then and be the head coach. And because maybe Kyle Shanahan wants to sort of cut his own path in the NFL. Um, but, man, he's he's turned around the Falcons team. I mean, they already had, you know, a lot of good players. They had Matt Ryan and Julio Jones already, but they're at those guys playing at their highest level. He did the same with Kirk Cousins. He made RG3 look good as a rookie. Um, he's had success with Matt Schaub in Houston. He's had some success even in Cleveland before. So um, he's he's been around the league. He's young. He's younger than both of us, I believe, <laughs> which is frightening. <laughs> Ouch. But, um, yeah, he's 
he's a big candidate. So that is another exciting. I mean, how much can the 49ers franchise? How much can ownership? They can afford it. How much mm-hmm. are they willing to spend on coaches that aren't coaching the 49ers? Yeah, and that that's what's got to scare you about, you know, the possibility of cutting Chip Kelly loose. I mean, you sign this guy to a multi-year deal and, and I, I just I don't want to keep seeing one and done coaches. It's not going to help the franchise at all. And back to the Mike Shanahan rumors and the Kyle Shanahan and all of this. If nothing else, even if these are just rumors, they're they're hope. You know, they're they're a sign of of something. 12 straight losses is so horrible it's never been done by the 49ers and now it's happening and it's just oh it's it's so heartbreaking and it's so it's just so painful and pathetic and 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 now you hear these rumors of like oh so jed Durek might be gone oh, or not not gone but at least not pulling the strings and calling the shots anymore like that's fantastic oh my god yeah that's right kyle shanahan okay even if he comes in and he's offensive coordinator or something even if he just has anything to do with this franchise, it's very promising. And with the amount of money that the 49ers have in the salary cap this season, you know, you, you've got DeForest Buckner, who's looking like the real deal there as their first round draft pick. And I, you hate to lose Daniel Kilgore for the season. You signed Vance McDonald, you lose him for the season right afterwards. And, you know, what happened to Torrey Smith? That was super scary, too. It's kind of a, a Luke Keekley sort of thing where he's getting super emotional after the concussion. Like, no doubt. Yeah, it's just that was a brutal game. That was that was one of the worst games I've had to watch as a 49er fan. Um, so so then you know you wake up Monday morning and you start hearing these rumors about Shanahan and, and, and the possibility of, of York kind of getting out of the limelight there. And it's it's like, okay, all right, let's let's hear more. Let me let me search more, let me read more about my 49ers. So again, it, it might just be a bunch of you know, let's keep the fans around, let's keep selling tickets, let's keep kind of keep selling jerseys right before Christmas, but uh, again, it's hope, and, and hope is everything we need right now as 49er fans. Well, first of all, Torrey Smith, that was a scary moment. So that's, I mean, and he's really a good guy in the league and in the locker room. And, you know, obviously a disappointment as a free agent signing, and he this season's not gone well for him um, and the, the offense entirely. But, yeah, seeing that, seeing him emotional getting carted off, and that was an, a weird hit. That wasn't something where you saw – like a massive blow and you're like, Ooh, I hope he's okay. When he goes down, yeah, you're thinking, not hey, at all. you're like, Hey, Tori, quit scooting around. Get up. You know, that's, yeah. that's what I thought when he first went down. It was just sort of the awkward falls to the ground, hit the side of his head. And to be honest with you, I, and I tweeted this out at the time. I really think that there's something wrong with this helmet technology because I'm seeing guys get hurt on plays that they didn't used to get hurt on. I mean, he was knocked out completely. It's not like a tough guy thing where you're like, Oh, you know, oh, let me stay down. Cause I know I'm hurt right now. This was like getting knocked out. You didn't see that many guys get knocked out back in the day. At least I don't remember that. Yeah, and you know the game is faster, and these guys are bigger, and they're jumping higher, and you can you can say all that, but yeah, yeah, I'm agreeing with you. I mean, that that didn't look like anything. It's just like he fell, and you know, kind of hit the side. You know, maybe it was a temple shot, and it just sort of knocked him out. But yeah, his eyes were closed, and and that was that was a scary moment, man, for sure. On the positive side, though, uh, there were a few 49ers playing well. First of all, I got to ask you this question: How do you lose a game? when you are averaging 11.4 yards per carry with your running back. Carlos Hyde, 17 carries, 193 yards. It's crazy, by the way, killing my fantasy team, pulling him out and, and giving that that goal line run to uh, Sean Drone to plunge it in for the touchdown. That's messed up for both Hyde and me. Thanks a lot, Chip Kelly. Of course, they can't help you out in any way. <laughs> I had no chance season. winning you know, hey, That's a question. League, let's, let's get Barrows on the phone. Let's ask him. Okay. All right, he's the beat writer for the SAC B. Follow him on Twitter at Matt Barrows. Matt, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on, guys. 
Hey, uh, so we were just talking and we were just wondering how a 49er team can run so well, look so great in the first half and then lose in such an epic fashion on Sunday. Uh, I wish I had the, the answer for that. I mean, I've been asking myself that for several weeks now, usually running the ball well you know, connotes, say, a strong team. I mean, that's usually a, a very good litmus test of, about whether a team is successful or not because it, it has such a bearing on, on so many other things. Not only are you running the ball well, you're, uh, you're keeping your own defense off the field, presumably. You're wearing down the opposing defense, and you're presumably – um, you know, triggering your own play-action passing game because defenses are inching toward the line of scrimmage to stop the run. You do a, a run fake, and then you can hit, uh, you know, a, a deep pass. The 49ers don't do any of those ancillary things well. And, um, you know, that, that's what's, uh, what's so boggling about this season and really is boggling about the, the Chip Kelly offense. I mean, the question has been raised many times, even before he was hired by the 49ers, you know, is, is Chip Kelly a, an NFL coach, or is he just a good college coach? And I think this is one of the things that people wrestle with. Can this system work well in, in, a, in a league where the objective for years and years has basically been keep away, hold on to the ball as long as you can, keep it away from your opponent's offense, and then wear down the opponent's defense in the process – None of those things are happening with the 49ers. So, you know, we talk about, you know, this team looked great as it does in, in those spurts and things like that. And we haven't really talked about it much on the show tonight, but Aaron Lynch made a kind of backed up his earlier season comments, basically saying, yeah, I still think we're one of the best teams in the NFL. Were you re around for that comment? And if so, kind of how was that taken by the beat writers? Um, I had to try very hard not to let my eyes roll back into my head as he was saying that. I mean, there's a very good uh, empirical way to determine which teams are good and which are, are bad, and that's their record. This is a bad team, and uh, it's been a bad team under you know uh, two successive coaches and was a mediocre team uh, in 2014 under Jim Harbaugh. There's no two ways about it. I mean, they're, they're bad. They're bad in, in so many different arenas um you know I, I i expect players to defend themselves that's what being a, a professional player these days is all about it's almost about self-denial you you need to pump yourself up as much as you possibly can and that's what i just uh you know uh chalk that up to is uh is you know aaron lynch trying uh his best to to make light or, or make the best of a bad situation so, Matt, obviously, at least some players in the locker room still don't lack any confidence. But what, what do you make of the 2016 49ers? There's a lack of talent, but, uh, you know, the talent's not worse than those early 2000s rosters and some other rosters we've seen here in San Francisco. The team, you know, has played hard in, in really every game except for that Chicago snow game where, where that was the first time I really saw the team quit. But in the locker room, it seems like everyone kind of has their head up, but maybe they're not ticked off enough. That's one thing I've noticed. Is this a team where they're just taking losses? They're taking it on the chin and just saying, oh, yeah, whatever, we'll get them next time. Do, do you think maybe there just needs to be more urgency and just maybe just be pissed off and like, you know, we're not going to take this anymore kind of an attitude? Yeah, I, I think that's a good observation. I mean, I, I, I've, I've sensed that as well, uh, especially after games. There's not, there doesn't, there don't seem to be enough people 
angry about these losses. I remember early on when I was covering this team back, it may have been 2003, it may have been 2004, I can't remember, but Jeremy Newberry was on that team. Ron Stone was on that team. Uh, T.O. was on that team. These are guys you, as a reporter, didn't want to really talk to after a game because they were just so angry, and it it was palpable. Uh, And you had to kind of muster every ounce of your own courage to kind of go up to Jeremy Newberry and ask him, so, uh, you know, what, what, what went wrong in this game? <laughs> you, there, there aren't a lot of those types of guys in, on this current team. In fact, I don't think there are any. Um, and, um, yeah, I, I think it's, they need more veterans, um, and they meet, need more tough guys. I mean, I've, I've been writing that for a couple of months now. Um, you know, for all their faults that they had, Mike Nolan and Mike Singletary were very good, at least, at figuring out who was tough and who wasn't. And they brought in a lot of uh, guys who they thought would sort of boost the, you know, sort of blue collar, the the toughness, the I'm not going to take losing sitting down nature of the team. And some of them were big names like Justin Smith, and some of them were smaller names like uh, Marcus Douglas. But these were these were guys um, who you know didn't want didn't didn't fade away in the second half of games, and um, who just did not like to lose. And uh, you know over time, I think that that had an effect on the locker room as a as a whole. It had an effect on on the younger players. And this is a team of younger players, and unfortunately, there aren't a lot of. Um, veterans that they can look at. I mean, there, there are a few. I think this defense got better, for example, when Glenn Dorsey uh, came back and you know, started playing meaningful mean, minutes. But it, it needs to, there needs to be more of that. There needs to be guys uh, all throughout the team, and they just don't have it at this point. That, that's got to be a major emphasis in free agency, Maybe not just picking up talent. You want to do that, of course, but you want to pick up guys who are going to make this locker room better and tougher, I think. So injuries obviously been a, a big problem all season for the 49ers. I mean, it's a big problem around the NFL for every team. But again, lost a couple key guys. Uh, Kilgore down. He's out for the year. Vance McDonald signs the big deal. And a couple of days later, he's gone as well. Torrey Smith had a really scary moment out there where he, it looked like he was just out cold and, and got a little emotional. I mean, is there any uh, sort of update on him going forward? The only update is that, you know, he's around, uh, you know, he didn't have to go to the hospital or anything like that. Um, he, he wasn't part of today's practice. He watched on the sideline. You guys probably noticed that he's been very active on social media like he always is. So um, I, I think he's he's coming back from that, but there don't seem to be any, um, you know, uh, noticeable, at least, effects of him right now. Whether he plays on Sunday or not, I don't know. My guess is that he wouldn't. Uh, especially given where the 49ers are this season and, um, you know, the, the fact that he was emotional. That was obviously a, uh, a big thing for him. I don't know if he's had a concussion before. I, I certainly haven't heard him talk about that. And uh, his Week 11 absence was the, the first game that he's ever missed uh, as, as, a, uh, as a pro. So it, it, that concussion certainly hasn't come during the season for him. Um, but, um, yeah, it's going to be, I mean, you know, everybody thought that the 49ers would have a chance against the Jets and they were right. Uh, and they should have won this game. This, this, this game that's coming up, boy, 
it's it's going to be very difficult for them to to win on the road at the end of the season, long trip, motivated Atlanta Falcons team, and then uh, you know a 49ers team that's going to be missing at least two starters and uh, might be missing Torrey Smith as well. Matt, do you have any details on that McDonald contract? Because it, it seems as if the, the numbers that were reported early were inflated and the actual contract is a lot lower, which would make a ton more sense. And is it something that the numbers are kind of out there and something's been agreed upon but may, maybe not signed? And so could his injury still play a factor on what sort of contract he has long term? No, I, I think uh, he, he signed the contract on Friday night. Uh, and, um, you know, as all contracts are, it's, it's leaked out by the agent who wants to make the contract seem as robust as possible. And then when the details come in, uh, it's, it's uh, a lot more uh, modest than that. And that's what this is. It's essentially a, a three-year, $19 million deal with two team options on the back end. And that's where you know, the bulk of that, uh, you know, that $65 million comes in or whatever the, the number was. Um, so th- that's more in line for, you know, it's, it's still a big number, uh, especially for a tight end who's still proving himself. And, you know, one of the big critiques about Vance, Vance McDonald is that he would, uh, he, he get, gets injured a lot and leaves the game a lot. I mean, every time there's a big hit, he lies on the ground for a little while and has to be helped to the sideline. Sometimes he comes back, sometimes he doesn't. But, you know, back when he was drafted, Jim Harbaugh had him wear number 89 because Harbaugh said he reminds me of Mike Ditka, you know, noted tough guy, getting back to tough guys, uh, Mike Ditka. And you have to wonder in hindsight whether that wasn't a bit of, uh, psychology on Jim Harbaugh's mm-hmm. part was he was sort of telling Vance McDonald, um, yeah, this isn't quite how I really saw you in college, but this is the type of pro that I want you to become. This is where we see the gap in your game, um, kind of strive to be that guy. And um, you know, he, he's been certainly better this year. Actually, starting in the second half of last year, but uh, that that toughness aspect is is still lacking and. You know, it was a bit of a leap of faith for the 49ers to give him uh, what's essentially a three-year contract. So, Matt, Kilgore out for the season. The 49ers promote Alex Balducci. He's a converted defensive lineman. He's going to apparently play some backup center, maybe some backup guard this weekend and maybe for the remainder of the season. Maybe give us a little bit of a scouting report on this guy. Yeah, I mean, I I think he's really going to be a success story. He's... Uh, a former nose tackle at, at Oregon, and, uh, you know, getting back to our theme, I mean, you have to have a certain scrappiness to you to play nose tackle, um, and he had that in college. The the uh, the uh, worry was that he wasn't athletic enough to be a NFL nose tackle, so they switched him to center this year, and, and he took to it very well. Uh, he's a smart guy, and like I said, he's sort of got that uh, that toughness factor to him, that uh, you certainly want on the offensive line as well. And so uh, all arrows are, are pointing up for him. Um, you know, he would be the emergency backup so that if, if, if the center, who's going to be Marcus Martin, or either of the two guards, Andrew Tiller or Joshua Garnett, got hurt, he would be the guy that, that goes in and plays. So, um, you know, you're not expecting great things in, in year one of his conversion, but he at least has shown enough that he's the guy that they, they decided to bring up from the practice squad 
when they had uh, when they got into trouble. So I think that's a uh, a very positive sign, and it'll be interesting to watch uh, next year. I mean, we all watch Marcus Martin, and uh, boy, he gets blown off the line of scrimmage quite a bit. I mean, we we all saw it last year. This team could really stand to have a good backup center, and maybe even uh, a couple of years down the line, a, a bigger more physical starting center than, uh, than than they've got in Daniel Kilgore. So, you know, we have to ask you one more thing before we let you go. There's rumors, and this is how the season goes. You know, the end of season, bad teams have everything tossed on top of them. Rumors are tossed about and then shot down. Where are we at on Mike Shanahan? The rumors, he would come in as team president, possibly Jed taking a back seat. Uh, would this be sort of a situation where you would see a Mike and Kyle Shanahan package deal? And would the 49ers really be willing to pay another coach to not be here? Yeah, I mean, you know, my, my whole take on this, and, and like I've said time and time again, this is all still being decided. And I, I think that Jed York and uh, Denise York and, and John York want to see, they desperately are waiting to see something positive so that they can give Chip Kelly a, a second year. I think everybody here likes Chip Kelly. They uh, respect what he's done. They respect who he is. Everybody recognizes him as a as an intelligent guy. He fits in well with the Bay Area. There's just one little gap in his resume. It's that he's got a one in twelve record right now, um, and they 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 need to see something good. I mean, it may just take one win for for it to happen, but. Uh, we have yet to see it. So my point is that I think that their every impulse is for them to bring him back. Um, you know, I, I don't think uh, Mike Shanahan is 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 a serious thing. And certainly, if they hired him as a team president or, or something like that, uh, I, I really can't see him hiring his son. I mean, that would just be uh, a huge blind spot right off the bat for somebody who's supposed to be, you know, a uh, conscientious objective, older mind uh, right there. So, um, you know, I, I think that that's something that this this uh, this team could use. I think that they could have used it for, you know, the last decade or so, but it's something that uh, they have resisted to this point. Um, everything about the 49ers is about youth. They're in Silicon Valley. It's this idea that, you know, young, smart guys are – uh, ruling, ruling the universe, and uh, out here that's true. Um, so until something like that changes, I mean, I, I've got to see it before I believe it. I guess he's everybody's favorite 49er beat writer. Find him at sackb.com or on Twitter at Matt Barrows. Matt, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Matt. All right, anytime, guys. Talk to you soon. That's an interesting point. Matt said that ownership is just hoping and waiting for that one thing for Chip to show them to give them the confidence to say yes. You're the guy. Yeah, and you know it's it's not going to happen this weekend. That one win. I mean, it, it looks like the only possibility is week 16. They're at LA, but you know maybe LA gets a little bit of a spark with their Jeff Fisher firing and and they really start to do something. But I don't see it. I don't see the spark. I mean, it, it looked like they had it on Sunday and they blew it again and they they've blown it a few times this season. And you know it's it's not all Chip Kelly, obviously. I mean, he did shoulder the blame though. He he talked about, yeah, I got conservative. You know, I I wanted to protect our lead and this and that, and you know, it came back to bite him in the ass. And he's probably done that a lot this season. And yeah, I, I'd love to see that spark too, just just to kind of give a little bit of hope going forward. I I know I've been talking a lot about the Browns and how they could get their win 
coming off a bye at home against Cincinnati, and you know they they just got blown out. So that's it's hard to see Cleveland winning a game this season too. So it looks like the 49ers may be locked in to that number two pick. Yeah, the the Browns aren't going to win a game. I've <laughs> I've come to grips with that. The Browns are done, yeah. and they're not going to. I mean, the 49ers aren't going to draft in front of the Browns. That's that. But um, I, they they looked so bad. I I felt the same way. I tuned into that game at the beginning. The, mm-hmm. this, the Cincinnati and um, Cleveland game, no chance. They they just they just ran right through the Browns like they were hot butter. I mean that 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 team is bad. Yeah, yeah, and the, and the 49ers are bad. I mean we we all know that. If you've watched any games, you you fully understand that that this is a bad team, and they're going to look really bad this weekend playing on a fast Atlanta turf. And uh, you know that that offense is something else there uh, for the, for the Falcons and. I'll be honest with you. We're talking fantasy. I mean, I've got Tevin Coleman and I've got Gabriel. So I'm starting both guys against the 49ers this weekend in the playoffs because the 49ers have a horrible defense and I would be a fool not to. Even if Julio Jones does suit up, that's going to be more of a decoy situation. And yeah, from a Julio Jones owner, yeah, he's not the guy that's that's going to do the damage this week. And uh, what's funny is when you talk about Chip Kelly's offense and, and being conservative, they still only gave the ball to Carlos Hyde 17 times. I mean, he right. he was averaging 11.4 yards per carry for the entire game. So even conservatively, they still didn't do it right. You know, right. feed the guy. Put a couple of tight ends on the field and lean on the team. It, it, it was We talked about it was amazing. Week, about the snow game, you know, you need to have some sort of bulk package in there. And this was another one of those games. You want to protect the lead, do that. You've got a guy who's running over this Jets defense. Give him the ball 30 times. Exactly. And the thing is, a lot is made of of pace for Chip Kelly and his offense. And the reason that so much damage is done on the 49ers defense is because they're tired and they're on the field all the time, which is true. But it's not necessarily because of pace. It's not. It's just because the offense is not on the field because they can't do anything. So it's just an inept offense. It's not an offense that's moving so quickly that they're giving the other team a chance to be on the field all the time. It's an offense that literally just continues to punt back to the other team. And when they do score, it's like, boom, boom. Just like we saw this week, all of a sudden a drive, you don't even have your popcorn ready. And all of a sudden, what the hell? The 49ers just took a seven, nothing lead at, at what happened. And so even on those types of drives, the defense doesn't spend that much time off the field. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh oh, man, we can sit here, pick them apart all night. I mean, we do obviously, but it's, it's the same, it's the same game every week. It's, it's the 49ers showing a bit of, a bit of spark, a bit of something, and and then just going into reverse mode, basically taking a few steps forward and then taking, you know, seven steps back. (laughs) You suck! It's the same thing. You got to see something different. I want to see, it's such a weird team because they've shown stretches week one, the first half of Numerous games, they've shown that they're able to do something. So flip they it, play do some games. Yeah, they just, have one complete game. Right, exactly, exactly, and do something different. Like just surprise me in a, lose in a different way. Right, just <laughs> mix it up. Do something where you're bad at the beginning. We give up hope in Atlanta, and all of a sudden you come back. Yeah, and still lose, but just do it in reverse or something. Do something different. <laughs> oh man, yeah, yeah, it's. Uh... It's rough, man. It's rough. By the way, good stat here. Jeff Fisher, this is totally back to the Jeff Fisher thing. Um, 22 seasons as a head coach, six winning seasons. 
That's see, that's unbelievable. How do people keep giving him a head coaching job? That's unreal. Hey, he's done. That was his last shot. Yeah, it's gotta be. Before we go, Jimmy Ward, Pro Football Focus grade of ninety three point eight in this game. DeForest Buckner, a PFF grade eighty two point eight. Those guys, I mean, just watching that game, they stood out. Awesome to see two young players on defense looking really good, along with Carlos Hyde. Those were the bright spots to take away. So, you know, when you're when you're upset, as our fan was at the end of the game, um, wondering why the team sucks, there's still some bright spots and things to look for, and that's uh, young players developing. Yeah, at this point, you know, the the bright spot of the season is is in three weeks when you see what happens at the end of the season. I mean. Let's just be completely honest here. The, the 49ers are bad. Watching them is tough. And you mentioned it. Yeah, they, they've got some some bright young stars. And not enough of them, obviously, or, or they would not be on a 12-game losing streak. But with all the rumors flying around, you know, it's it's. I'm, I'll be honest. I'm kind of excited to see what's going to happen. I mean, the head coaching, the, the firing carousel's already begun. So uh, I, I definitely don't want to see Chip go. I don't want to see another one-and-done coach. I've made that very clear. Um but I'm, I'm afraid it, it, it might happen, like Matt said, if they don't see that spark. No doubt. And maybe the spark that the 49ers need is firing someone like Trent Baalke. Because obviously so. we didn't talk about the banner. They finally uh, did fly the banner over Levi's Stadium that said fire Baalke. And Jed, you reap what you sow. That's something that might get the, fl- the players jazzed up. Hey, the guy, the only guy here that believed in you is gone now. So you're going to have to earn your spot, right? There's people watching tape. The next guy is watching film of this. Earn your spot for next year. Um, That might be a wake-up call. And I remember with Jennifer Lee Chan last week on the show, uh, we talked about, you know, what would be the reason why you would want to let go of a a GM early? You know, what's the point? And maybe the point is not re-signing some players for too much money. You know, that (laughs) that was the first thing I saw when I saw that crazy uh, contract with, uh, with Vance McDonald. And I thought, what? And then luckily, you know, pulled back from the ledge when I saw the numbers weren't really what they were originally reported, which is which is good to know. So um, maybe that's maybe that's the 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 thing that will really light a fire under everybody. I mean, Chip Kelly, you know, if the GM who hired you is suddenly fired, uh, that's going to say something. If if the GM who drafted you is suddenly fired. Yeah, to, nobody's got your wake back. Up call. Right. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I think it's a great call. All right. I've had enough of this. Deshaun Kaiser, quarterback from Notre Dame, he is now officially going to be in the draft. He has declared a very young guy, very raw guy, but height, weight, speed, um, impressive specimen. Uh, Somebody who's going to be talked about as somebody, a quarterback, maybe getting drafted as high as number one overall. He has those sort of tools from a height, weight, speed perspective, big arm. Young guy, I I thought he should have gone back. I hadn't really considered him because I thought he would go back. But when when people start telling you you're going to be a top 10 draft pick, I understand why young kids come out. Um, and there was a report recently that the Browns have spent an inordinate amount of time scouting Deshaun Kaiser. So that's interesting. He's not in my top five right now, but, uh, man, I'm going to go back and watch more of him because I hadn't considered him as much just because I thought he was a little too raw and wouldn't come out, unlike Mitch Trubisky, who's a little bit less raw, even though he's also only had a full season of starting uh, college games under his belt. 49ers uh, have a pretty good history there with uh, Irish quarterbacks. That's true. That is very true. I didn't even think about that point. Yeah, absolutely. And right now, man, with that loss against the Jets, they've pretty well locked up that number two pick. They, if they would, if, if the 49ers were to win one more game, that would tie them record-wise with the Jaguars if the Jaguars did not win another game. But right now, the 49ers have that strength of schedule. 
because uh, luckily right now for the 49ers draft prospects, at least, is that the NFC West has really taken a huge step back this year. <laughs> and just in the last few weeks, we've seen that strength of schedule for the 49ers come down from like 570-something to their opponents being the flat 500 right now. So Rams losing, Seahawks lost, uh, the Cardinals have taken a big step back too. So uh, actually the strength of schedule is something that's in their favor for once. Hasn't been that way the last few years. 45-13 I'm calling this weekend. 45-13? Yeah. You think the 49ers are going to beat them that bad, huh? Yeah. Domination. <laughs> Start to finish. Complete game. You know what's funny though? With this season and how everything's gone, this would be that game, right? Where You're the 49ers right. all of a sudden just... Yeah, where Atlanta just is looking past them. They're missing Mohamed Sanu. They're missing Julio Jones. And the 49ers right. are able to stop the run somehow. And Devontae then maybe, Freeman coughs it up a couple times. A couple special teams turnovers. Yeah, special teams. Yeah, big turnovers. That's a big thing. A pick six here or there. The 49ers uh, corners are playing okay. So, yeah, if if they can't shake open, maybe Matt Ryan's got to hold on to the ball a little bit. We started to see actually a pass rush last week against the Jets maybe hit Matt Ryan a couple times. I mean, it's it's not impossible. These teams, as bad as some teams are and as good as some teams look, almost any team on a given day can beat another team in the NFL. So it's possible. The 49ers are going to lose probably, though. Yeah, there no doubt. <laughs> After all that, yeah. So uh, let's get out of here. And we may or may not have a show next week, actually, because if, as some of you might or might not know, our own Nick Winkler here is expecting a child, and that is coming very close, and contractions are at a point where yeah, it's going to happen this week. Is it going to happen for sure? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if it doesn't happen by Monday, uh, it's going to happen. Okay. So, uh, yeah, so baby number two will be here. If Ooh. it comes if it comes soon, I'll, I'll, we'll be able to have me on the show next week. But if it does wait until Monday, then I, I will definitely have to take a week off. But I will be back before the end of the season. That is for sure. All right. You're a trooper, man. Oh, yeah. Got to talk 49ers, we, man. <laughs> we need you in that 49ers locker room. We're not going to stand <laughs> right? for that. We need somebody that cares, man. A little passion. <laughs> That's right. Well, good luck with that. I mean, obviously, that comes before the podcast. So, um, and I, I assume you're going to name your child after me. So I'm very excited to meet him or her. Which you don't know yeah, yet. I think thinking York would be the middle name. <laughs> oh, nice. I like that. Yeah. All right. Get him with the top brass. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks to Matt Barrows, as always, for coming on the show. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at BD Peacock. Nick at Bay Area Wink. iTunes, subscribe. Review the show. We haven't had any reviews in a while. It always helps. Go into iTunes if you're a subscriber and uh, review the show. Let us know how you feel about it. Email goldfaithful49 at gmail.com. And we will talk to you next time. See you. What?